Let's talk Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. All right, well, I just want to tell you my overall thoughts before we get Go into for it. anything. Uh, this was a <coughs> great movie that um, took, I will say, took a while for me to get into. But once I was into it, once it got me, I was in all the way. Uh, I'd say for me, it, it's maybe two two quarters through i w- i was finally in uh the first quarter for me just didn't completely work um you know obviously i enjoyed all the the big set pieces the the all the action the animation the everything was fantastic the colors it looked amazing the voice acting was awesome um obviously all the you know different little cameos and stuff and and hints and nods and that was all really cool um, it just started a bit slow for me, uh, which I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's cause I was expecting, you know, that we were going to start off with miles and, you know, we were going to pick up right where we left off almost. And I was kind of thrown a curveball when we started with Gwen. Um, and we got more of her backstory, which again, I did appreciate it. was just, I don't know. It just didn't grab me initially. Like I really was hoping it would, especially, you know, with all these reviews. So yeah. You know, me going in, my expectations are like, you know, through the roof. Um, but I didn't, you know, I'm not saying I didn't not like it or anything. I, I really did enjoy the movie. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited to see where they're going. And like I said, I am now fully in, obviously, after that movie. Uh, and <clears throat> it should be really interesting going forward what they're going to do with this universe because they have so many options. Um, if you know, do they want to merge it with the MCU in some way, shape, or form? Do they, you know, keep it its own thing, but they're pulling in, you know, uh, you know, pulling in the Andrew Garfield, Herb McGuire-ness of the universe and stuff like that. Like, that, there's just so many, so many different ways I feel like this movie can go or where this, these, this trilogy can go. I'm excited to see what they do. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, if I were to say which one I liked more, I would say I liked the first one more still. Uh, but this is, you know, second one's not far, far behind for me. Um, and, you know, maybe that's in, I, I just feel like I'm in such the minority because I feel like everybody like loves this movie. And again, I don't not like it. It's just like, it just didn't hit me like I, I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I got to say, we have not talked about this at all or, or yeah. thoughts on it. Um, I agree with you on almost everything you said. Wow. I did yeah. not have the problem of uh, the first quarter, uh, yeah. you know, not grabbing me. I, I was really sucked in from the off, you know, mm-hmm. from really just right at the beginning. Um, but I will say, and I and I will say to stipulate this. Normally, I like to see a movie, you know, more than one time before we do like a deep dive spoiler review on it and everything like that. I only got a chance to see this one once. I will be seeing it again, but uh, I have only seen it once, and my theatrical experience was really less than uh, stellar. Uh, we were in, yeah. you know, kind of a off to the side, really crowded, loud, lot of kids running around theater. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, for me, I like to be a little more fully glued and locked in on a movie so opinion subject to change in terms of like 
the, you know, I, I, I kind of been telling everybody at work that, like, I love this movie, but that extra gear that the first one had that I was able to lock into, I mm-hmm. didn't lock into it with this one. And so I mm-hmm. don't know if that's because of the movie or because every time there would be an emotional scene, you know, somebody would kick the back of my seat or some kid would, yeah. like, run past <laughs> and, like, go, oh, yeah. my God. Because that happened quite a bit. Uh, but that being said, I do think that it is a fantastic, excellent, amazing movie. Uh, but I would still put the first one above it. Uh, mm-hmm. I do not think uh, that it is, you know, like the best. Some people are saying it's the best comic book movie ever made or even the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I don't quite think it is. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you know, people have different interpretations of what that is possibly means to people is you know what does it mean to be a great spider-man movie i personally would say you know i loved far from home i'm not saying that it's that far from home is better than this movie i'm just saying i am somebody who i really really loved spider-man far from home just because it really felt like a nice middle chapter of peter's journey uh dealing with mysterio dealing with all this stuff uh and just being a nice you know spider-man adventure and then obviously I love No Way Home for all everything that that movie did and was, but also just the fact that it maintained that balance of people that showed up in that movie showed up for a specific reason, for a story reason, for an important reason, and left a lasting impact, a lasting legacy on both uh, Peter Parker and the movie as a whole. Uh, and I think that this movie does that as well with some of the different surprises that uh, that there would be in here. Uh, that being said, I guess I'll give it my score, which uh, mm-hmm. and then we'll go with your score, and then we'll just go into full spoilers here. Uh, which, if you can't tell already, it's going to be a bit of a shorter show here. Um, but uh, I still think this movie is incredible. Uh, so I gave it a 4.5 out of 5, mm. only because the first movie to me is a 5 out of 5. Mm. Uh, I gave it a 4 out of 5. Um, <laughs> so again, I think I think I gave the first one uh, 4.5, or maybe 5. I might have given the first one 5. Um, so, you know, a little bit under, but nothing, uh, nothing signifying that it's a bad movie. And something that does affect it for me, which you know we can get into spoilers here now. It's not, and it's not a spoiler. It's it's more of an experience thing. Um, it, it did take away for me, and maybe it'll I'll, uh, if I see it a second time or when I watch it at home, I'll get more out of it. But I don't know how it was for you, and I've been seeing this problem as well. So it's not just like a a me thing or a Danielle and I thing that we're both experienced this. Is in the beginning, I. And maybe again, this is why it was hard for me to get locked in. Was the audio? Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is she saying? I can't." Yeah. I, I'm like, "What, Gwen? Speak up, please." Haley, can we boost your mic a little bit? Like, what? What is that? And then, um, obviously, love Daniel Kaluuya. I love his character, but I couldn't understand a word he was saying. I was like, "I need subtitles for this." And, and he's going full English accent, um, and I'm like what is what is going on um so i'll be very interested to see you know watching it at home specifically putting those subtitles on pausing you know boost raising the volume 
what are we saying? Am I more locked in now than I was in the theater? Because I literally could not understand what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100%. I definitely had those audio issues, too. I thought, you know, for basically all of it, especially the mm -hmm. Gwen stuff at the beginning, I really thought <clears throat> that it was just, you know, a, a choice because, uh, again, we're in full spoiler territory for this film. Uh, so it opens with Gwen drumming uh, as in part of her band. Oh, uh, yeah. Very uh -huh. short-lived band. Uh, so I just kind of took it as Gwen is just <clears throat> drumming louder and louder and louder and louder. And the movie was kind of purposely drowning out her audio. Right. Now, mm -hmm. judging by everyone's reaction, that clearly was not the intention. <laughs> uh, but that's just kind of the way that I took it and just rolled with it because she does, mm -hmm. she just kind of slowly gets more and more drowned out. That's really what it was. was yeah. A lot of the audio just sounded drowned out by a lot of the other things, kind of the, the tenant situation. Um, mm -hmm. And I think with Spider-Punk as well, also a little bit of Spider-Man India, uh, I felt like he was a little hard to hear at times too yeah. uh, with some of his lines. I'd agree with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's weird. Not really an issue with with Miles or or Miguel or or any of the other really major characters. It was really mainly Gwen at the very beginning of the movie, but uh, a couple other times throughout the film as well. But I did mm -hmm. have that issue as well. So that on top of, uh, you know, my theater being a very very distracting, uh, I, I think definitely played a part. So I'm excited to get a chance to go at a a slightly less crowded time and place. Uh, to hopefully hear hear everything better, see everything better, and kind of take in the movie better. Uh, but that being said, that out of the way, let's get into it. So uh, we'll just kind of jump around, talk about whatever we want to talk about. How did you feel about uh, the ending of this movie? Uh, let's just jump right to the end here. Uh, obviously, Miles getting stuck in the wrong universe uh, being mm. confronted by the kind of e evil version of himself as the Prowler. Uh, now, I want to ask you specifically, how do you feel about that? But did you, or Danielle, uh, did you catch on before that happened? Because there are a fair amount of hints and breadcrumbs that, that things were wrong. Uh, but kind of how did that whole kind of reveal hit you that, that he is stranded in this universe that is not his own? Uh, I, so... I did have an inclination that he was in the wrong universe. And that's really just because of, it was very dreary. <laughs> just yeah. the, his surroundings, it was raining and dark and everything. I was like, Hmm, this doesn't look like the, the world, the universe we came from. Um, you know, I didn't put together, I think until maybe the very last moment, uh, you know, when, when he is tied up on the, on the punching bag, uh, that I was like, Oh, okay. You know, and Uncle Aaron is not, you know, dressed as the Prowler in that universe. I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, maybe Miles is the Prowler. And then obviously we get the reveal, which, again, was really cool. Great way to end the movie. Um, but I was, you know, I didn't really catch on, honestly. I had, you know, again, a few hints. Like, I was like, you know, this 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 world looks very different. Um, and obviously, you know, we had uh, it was a, a little weird, too. You know, when he tells his mom or who he thinks is his mom in his world. Uh, that he is Spider-Man, and she kind of just has, like, a this, like, a non-reaction, just because she, there's no Spider-Man, you know? She she yeah. doesn't know what that is. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, 
it was it was really cool to see just you know them kind of slowly you know peel the peel the the layers back um i'm sure you know you i haven't seen like any of the the oh there was this hint and then that hint and then that hint you know uh, i don't know if you know any of them off the top of your head but um yeah that i just thought it was a really cool reveal really excited again to see what happens and how they find him because you know right now i don't think they really know where he is i don't know what if they maybe they assume like oh it's maybe it's the universe that you know he the spider that bit him came came from I, that's another thing real quick i thought they did a, an awesome job of explaining the multiverse. all this stuff i feel like it's a lot to take in and I thought, you know, having Oscar Isaac, you know, explain this whole thing and all this stuff. I thought they did a really good job with that in the in the different events. You know, they they even talk about the canon event in the uh, uh, India Spider-Man's world before they even like tell you what a canon event is. Yeah. So I think in that moment you're kind of like, oh shit, you know, like what does that mean? And then they a little bit of time later they explain it to you and. Um, but yeah, props to them for explaining all that. And again, <clears throat> that reveal I thought was, was really cool and awesome. And, you know, again, it's half a movie, so very interested to see what, <laughs> what happens in, in the next one. Yeah. Just to touch on the kind of canon event thing. And I think this is a great time to roll over into talking a little bit about the spot. Uh, mm -hmm. I yeah. think they did an excellent job of explaining all of this multiverse stuff. But I think specifically, like what you were saying with, with the Spider-Man India canon event of they did this great thing where before any of this actually came up in the dialogue, you see what the spot is, what the spot mm -hmm. and Miles see, which is his, that kind of vision of Miles's dad turning into Captain Singh from Spider-Man India, turning into Captain oh, Stacy. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh, and yep. they run to get this child, and then the child is kind of turning into these different versions. But it's all the same. The cop, run, the captain runs to save the child, and then the building is falling. But it kind of alternates between Captain Stacy, Captain Morales, and Captain Singh. Uh, and that's before they explain any of it. So then mm -hmm. when you get to the scene where Captain Singh is running for the kid you're already as an audience member you're clued in that you're like oh my god this is what we saw earlier um and then you get you know miguel explaining it and you know i i, I loved the whole thing of you know i i can do both you know so that's spider-man's mm -hmm. whole thing is you know even back to you know sam raimi like you know you now choose you know you you can't do both and and when you do you overextend yourself you overexert yourself they even have a funny joke in here about how Spider-Man in all mediums is always doing the thing where he's trying to pull two things together. And they mm -hmm. had some sort of a training facility where there was this Spider-Man trying to pull these two weights together and then everybody ran over ran over him. But, uh, you know, oh, I, thought, yeah. I thought that was funny too. But <laughs> yeah, uh, it really just did a great job of visually showing you what these canon events were, then hinting at it with dialogue, and then giving you the full Miguel explanation of what a canon event is, seeing Andrew Garfield's, uh, so you know that, you know... And I also like that this movie didn't just focus on Uncle Ben as the canon event. It focused right, on yeah. a different one, which is the, the, the police captain, which we have mm -hmm. seen many times. I mean, 
we've had a George Stacy in uh well we haven't had any Stacys in in Tom Holland's movies yet. Uh, I'm sure that's going to change, but uh you know I just I just thought that everything with that was great and and I do think they explained it super well. But did you notice the Spider-Verse stuff with all the red and yellow lines and, and hexagons and everything mm-hmm. like that was one thing. But then when Miguel actually was starting to explain the multiverse, uh, it was the exact same uh, display mm-hmm. as in Loki and in Quantumania. Oh. It was the exact same blue streak with all the tree mm-hmm. branching off of it. It was the – like. Not like, right. oh, that looks like the one in the MCU. Like, it was the exact same representation of the multiverse that we saw in Loki. Uh, so what are your kind of thoughts on that? The clear, And then obviously Lord and Miller have talked about uh, in, in, the, pursu- in the, uh, the last couple days that uh, they did have major influence and discussions and work uh, shared with Kevin Feige on this that, that they were kind of, you know, uh, they said, you know, Kevin's philosophy is a rising tide, uh, you know, raises all boats or whatever. So mm. clearly they are linking these multiverses together already. Uh, mm. So what do you think that could mean for the next one? Do we get Tom? Do we get Andrew? Do we get Toby? Uh, what What were your kind of whole thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it could. That That is what that, uh, you know, could mean. Um, and, you know, like you said, moving over to the spot as a as a villain you know he's probably you know the kind of the catalyst for all that um you know do we see some big kind of explosion thing where you know does does this event really kind of mess everything up for both universes or something like that um and you know they they, i thought again they did a really good job of taking uh is it the spot or just spot (laughs) i think it's the spot the spot. I thought they did a yeah. great job of taking uh, the spot as a villain and kind of uh, obviously having him that background. It's like, you know, you did this to me because I was there that night that the thing exploded and now yeah. I'm this thing with no facial features or anything. And I thought they did a good job of building him up to be more of a threat because in the beginning I was like, oh, you know, he's just fighting this like villain that, you know, he'll, he'll dispose of him in five minutes and we'll move on. And then to see him kind of more and more throughout the movie growing more and more powerful, I thought that was that was really cool the way that they built him up. And now I'm, you know, he seems, <clears throat> especially the progression with just his voice and stuff like that, he seems very more and more menacing as you go. Uh, and definitely someone worthy of a, of a, uh, someone being at the center of some big event like, you know, the, the destroying of different universes and the, the melding of the two and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they wanted to keep it separate, even though, you know, they've had all this stuff, you know, they've had all the, you know, we see, oh, Andrew Garfield in his movie, we see Tobey Maguire in his movie. We see all this stuff. We see Insomniac Spider-Man. We see, uh, we haven't talked about Donald Glover, (laughs) you know, so there's all this stuff that like, it's like, well, clearly we can connect to the MCU. We have the Venom uh thing um yeah mrs. at the chen. at the mrs chen um so you know if they wanted to go into that space they can uh but 
you know, I think they're fine either way, honestly. Which, can we talk about for a second that this movie retroactively makes Morbius make sense now? Because when we saw Morbius, we were like, that's not how Doctor Mm. Strange's spell works. It's just the people who didn't, or it's just the people who knew who Spider-Man was got sent back to their own universes. Why is MCU Michael Keaton getting scattered in this random universe? Mm -hmm. And then this movie answers that immediately by not only answering it, by answering it with the same villain. This movie Mm -hmm. opens with a random vulture getting sent to a random universe, which is exactly Mm. what happened with Michael Keaton. So I don't know if that's exactly what they were planning like yeah. or if it's just a a miraculous happenstance yeah Probably i mean that's make the movie much one. better but yeah <laughs> but i'm just saying after yeah. spider-man across the spider-verse michael keaton saying not sure why i'm here think it has something to do with spider-man those words are now correct I, yeah. I gotta give him props i gotta give him props i don't know i don't know if this is all part of a master plan that they have Mrs. Chen's, you know, shop on a board and Michael Keaton's vulture on right. a board and Morbius. And they're like, it's all, you know, Amy Pascal is like, it's it's all going <laughs> to, you know, come together. Uh, but I do have to say, quick shout out to Amy Pascal, somebody who really, really went through a long, tumultuous time with these Spider-Man movies, almost to the brink of people were, you know, she, I hate to even use this as an example, mm-hmm. but that, you know, Back in 2015, 2016, I mean, people were treating her, you know, like they treat Kathleen Kennedy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to have her come through that and be like, you know, maybe she's made some mistakes with the Spider-Man franchise and the handling of Andrew and everything like that. But now to uh, – and I think it helps, too, that she got her independence with – you see in front of all these Spider-Man movies now, Pascal Pictures – so yeah. she's got her own little wing at Sony, uh, and I think that's given her the freedom to really develop these stuff because you hear Tom Holland talks about Amy Pascal in such great light now. Kevin Feige always does too. And remember, this is the same lady who in that famous interview was like, well, you know, Venom is going to inhabit the same world as Spider-Man and, you know, it will all be connected in that famous video of Kevin Feige being like, "Yeah, is it? <laughs> it's news to me. <laughs> Uh, so I do think we have to give her and some of the people over at Sony credit for maybe there is a, a bigger vision going on here that we just mm-hmm. really can't see yet. But um, so much to cover in this movie. Let's talk about Donald Glover. So obviously Donald Glover's super big butterfly effect of being the actual inspiration of the creation of the character of Miles Morales then playing Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously coming back now in this movie as a, I would say, extended cameo, because he's got, I think, two or three scenes uh, and multiple mm-hmm. lines of dialogue. So, I mean, he's definitely not like a blink-and-you'll-miss-it thing, uh, right. but he is definitely, you know, in the movie in, in more than one scene. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on, on this? How do, you, how do you feel like it looked with the live-action mixed with the animation? And I think more importantly, is this a direct MCU connection of do we think that this is the Aaron Davis that we saw in Homecoming? Or do we think this is just a one-off, you know, never going to come up again? Right. Uh, whatever. Because I think it is worth mentioning, I mean, they built a full suit. Like, it is a actual oh, yeah. on-set mm-hmm. suit. And 
I don't know. I would think maybe you wouldn't just do that for a you know minute of screen time. But right. What do you, What do you think? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I didn't know about the whole kind of Donald Glover for Spider Man movement that happened back in the day. Uh, you know, Danielle made me aware of that, and you know that kind of just adds to the whole cameo. Um, when I first saw him, I immediately thought, oh. This is them paying off the whole homecoming thing that they did nothing with until right now. Um, and I took it as a maybe like, oh, we're going to, here's this thing we're going to do and we're going to pay it off now and we're never going to do it again or something like that. Like, here, here it is. Like, you got him back. Here he is, Prowler. Done. All right. Almost like a box. Krasinski as Richard situation. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, is it possible maybe that he shows up in another movie or something like that? That's very much, very much a possibility. But I definitely think it was him from Homecoming. I don't think it was him okay, from... Okay, so you do think it, it was. Yes, I, I do. Um, just because, again, it's, 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 a, it's something they already had in place. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, they've laid the, the, the groundwork for it. Now they just kind of have to come through with it. And it, to me, that makes the most sense. Um but it was really cool to see. I that 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 I didn't you know, that was not spoiled, it was not leaked as far as yeah, I know. Same. Or anything that I saw. So yeah. that was really cool to see. And just to hear like the whole kind of obviously homecoming, but the 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 background information on you know, from the twenty twelve campaign of him trying yeah. to be Miles All and the, the community episodes and stuff like yeah, like that was really cool. <laughs> and not only that, but then you have Aaron Davis in Into the Spider Verse mm-hmm. watching donald glover in that episode of community right which uh, i didn't which even is, yeah, didn't even know that like, i saw it on tiktok um it's like and, they and were really cooking with something to speak to the to the animation and kind of live action mesh i thought it looked great uh for me you know maybe it's because he's just sitting there uh not doing anything and he's just kind of talking but to me it looked really good yeah my <laughs> one friend said that it kind of was a little jarring because of i think a scaling issue but i think that was more just about a a foreground background thing because i mean Mm -hmm. it's miles walking through that place and donald's kind of right up to the camera you know he's kind of he's he's a little bit in front of miles uh but i liked that uh hobie brown uh spider punk he was he was like oh yeah i caught that one myself uh, I thought I thought that was a nice little nod there, but mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I this whole time I really never, <coughs> I never thought it was the actual MCU uh, mm-hmm. Donald Glover, but I I think you've convinced me because, I mean, what would happen if Donald Glover came into a Tom Holland Spider Man movie? He would either is he going to be the same guy from a decade ago that was mm-hmm. you know buying tech out of the back of a van wearing a a t shirt like or is he going to have developed and moved on you know what I mean so right I think either way if they were ever going to bring Donald Glover back in a meaningful way in one of Tom's movies I think he probably would already be the Prowler and then it's just yeah. a one line of yeah had a couple upgrades since the last time I saw you, haven't I? You know, so I feel like this is almost a way to just kind of do that for us. Uh, you know what I mean? And just kind of now, if he does pop up in one of Tom's movies in this outfit, you know, you're not going to be going, well, wait, how did that happen? You know, you mm-hmm. could just go, well, it's been 
eight years since Homecoming. Or you could say, well, uh, they explained it in Spider-Verse. You know what I mean? Like, you, you kind of have mm-hmm. two different explanations there. So I actually I think I've come around. I think I do think, and I, and I hope it was actually the the Homecoming version because then we can just kind of pick up with that character. And clearly he was he was waiting in line to be sent back to his home universe. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming he, he made it back eventually to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, super awesome cameo, uh, everything like that. Let, let's uh, – on the topic of cameos – how did you like that they, not new footage with Toby and Andrew, but how they kind of incorporated their archival footage from their movies uh, in, mm-hmm. into this? Because I, I thought they did it really, really well. And specifically, the fact that they took the live-action footage of Andrew with Dennis Leary's Captain Stacy and then animated all the other Spider-Men with their police captains to be in those same positions so that when they show that big lineup, they all match with Andrew standing over Captain Stacy. Mm-hmm. I thought that that, I thought that was really, really cool. Cause they did the same thing with uncle Ben where they're all like holding his hand. Right. Uh, whereas with, you know, Andrew Garfield, it's more like he's like holding his shoulder and like standing over him. Uh, but what, what did you think about, uh, about how they were used? Yeah, I thought that was that it all looked great. Uh, for some reason, when they showed Andrew, I just I could not place him. I was like, I I couldn't tell that was him for some reason. I I don't know if it was where I was le- or what the deal was, but like after I was like, oh that, yeah, that was Andrew Garfield. Or I mean, whatever. it is but over a decade ago, so he's like twelve. Maybe that's younger. what. It, maybe <laughs> that could have been it. Uh, but no, I thought that was all cool. How they kind of had to. You know, they like you said, they have all these different shots when uh, Oscar Isaac uh, is explaining it. And, you know, we have all these different kind of animations, whether it be live action, whether it be, you know, different types of animation or like just like a uh, a comic panel or something like that. Like it's all it's all there and it all looks fantastic. It all works uh, together, you know, seamlessly. And from what I could what I could tell, Um since we haven't talked about it, I want to talk about like Gwen and her kind of yeah. story and her relationship with her dad. What did you think about all that? Um, I thought I, so, okay. I thought, uh, and I want to touch on um, her expanded backstory in this too, because in the first movie she mm-hmm. goes, you know, lost my best friend and that's it. It's like one shot mm-hmm. of Peter dying in her arms and she, in the first movie, she just, like, uh, got in a fight with my dad, lost my best friend, got mm. this, got that. Like, it's just one little brief thing. But here we get that, like, 10, almost 15 minutes with her version of Peter, uh, who's right. played by Jack Quaid uh, from The Boys, oh, which, was, okay. which was awesome. Got it. Um, yeah. But his whole kind of lizard situation and story, uh, I, I thought it was fantastic. So going back to the Amazing Spider-Man movies – I think one of the best relationships in both of those movies, which is saying a lot because he dies in the first one, is mm-hmm. Peter and Captain Stacy. Because that's really kind of the relationship that gets the focus in those two movies more so than Uncle Ben and Peter. Uh, because then you also get Captain Stacy kind of haunting Peter in Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, you know, because his whole thing was leave Gwen out of this. Uh, and yeah. a lot of Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the fact that Peter just can't bring himself to do that. He just can't bring himself to to cut Gwen out of his life. Mm-hmm. And that being said, I think that 
Captain Stacy in this movie is like top five characters for me. And I'm not seeing a lot of people give him the love and appreciation I think that he needs because everything that he does in that first 20, 25 minutes, because it is like 20, 25 minutes until we get to Miles. Uh, it is a lot in Gwen's mm -hmm. universe at the top uh, because then that whole vulture fight is in Gwen's universe, everything like that. Right, yeah. Uh, and just the beautiful watercolors that they use, obviously all of the trans flag imagery uh, which people have speculated, uh, and I don't think that they've commented one way or another, is that potentially Gwen herself uh, could be trans in this universe. Oh, wow. Uh, so I think that's very interesting because a lot of her universe does have the trans flag colors and she has trans kids, uh, protect trans kids, you know, signage in her room and everything. And Captain Stacy has a trans, uh, uh, what do you call it, like pin on his mm -hmm. uh, police uniform. Uh, so I think that's an interesting wrinkle to it, but also an interesting wrinkle to the watercolors being specifically those colors, but then also the watercolors representing Captain Stacy's emotions, like mm -hmm. when Gwen goes to hug him, uh, and they kind of have that great scene where he's in her doorway, she's ruffling, she's rifling through her bag, and he's just, oh, I think we, you know maybe got a breakthrough in the spider woman case right, she's yeah. like okay great and then as soon as because it's like i don't want to deal with you when you're talking about this mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't i don't want to interact with you when when you're hyper fixated on on me on spider woman and then as soon as he starts to say you know any chance you could have a hug for your old like is before he even finishes yeah. the sentence she like darts over to the room and hugs him and then, like, this bright red light just comes from both of them. Uh, and I, th I thought all that was beautiful. And I've heard the criticism of this movie of nothing is resolved. That, that this movie is obviously a part one, so you expect there to be cliffhangers, mm -hmm. but that nothing is resolved. And I even fought back and I even changed one of my friend's minds because really the main thing that's resolved in this movie is the relationship between Gwen and her father. That's what mm -hmm. we start the movie with, and by the end of the movie, he has accepted her as Spider-Woman. He can't continue being a police captain because he just can't reconcile those two things, but the important thing is, even if he can't reconcile those two things, he chose his daughter over, you know, this, yeah. this, this police department that, yeah. you know, means everything to him, but it just shows how much more his daughter means to him. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and then, like I said, by the end of it, she's able to openly be herself uh, around him to the point where, you know, now she feels the confidence that she wants to not only go out and form this team uh, that we get this tease at the end of the movie of, of Spider-Punk, all the people from the first movie, Spider-Man India, this kind of uh, team to go get Miles, essentially, uh, but also, more importantly... When Miles is confiding in Gwen of, I want to tell my parents, but I don't know if I should. And she just goes, trust me, don't. Mm -hmm. The fact that Gwen and her dad's relationship is repaired. Yeah. Really is the reason. Say, yeah. It's the reason that ahead, Gwen is you, able yeah. to talk to his parents directly. That beautiful scene <laughs> mm -hmm. at the end where, where Gwen comes out of Miles's room and is like, you know, you guys mean everything to him. Because you taught him how to see the world. Like, she she does a complete 180 
on parents and parental figures in her life. Uh, and this is somebody who, again, another really kind of somber moment of the movie uh, that kind of just gets looked over is Miles goes, wait, Gwen, your dad's a police captain. And she just goes, yeah, I know. Like, so she's already, like, accepted the whole canon event thing, and she's just accepted the fact that her dad has right. to die. And that's why when he says that he quits, it's so much more emotional. It's more of a relief, yeah. Because he's not a captain anymore, so he's right. not going to be the one that dies. Uh, so the fact that they just, like, in a movie about Miles Morales like you brought up i'm so glad you brought this up because we really hadn't touched on the gwen stuff the fact that gwen stacy and her dad have this almost movie in itself uh of relationship and you know reconciliation at the end i thought was just beautiful and i i, I think that's probably my favorite part of this movie to be honest is gwen and her dad's relationship uh but i rambled i don't even know how i just got all that out without uh my throat collapsing yeah but uh, what are you, what were your thoughts on on Gwen and her dad and and kind of that that through line throughout this movie? Yeah, I, th I feel like maybe the toughest part, one of the toughest parts in the movie for me was just uh, and not like oh man, this is boring or whatever. But more emotional is when uh, I th I, don't, I don't know if it's when she yeah it's when it must be when she reveals that who she is mm -hmm. and that she is Spider Woman and he continues to like read her the Miranda rights. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, like he, you know, he's more, and it gives you this sense of like, again, he's battling between like my daughter and my job that I love and I'm trying to protect people. But in order to kind of, it's, it's just this, this big kind of fight that you see that he's having. And he has you know to come what? to terms with which one does he want more, I guess. And you know what really bolsters all the emotion is it's just these quick shots, but you see that kind of a family unit was formed mm -hmm. with Aunt May, Captain Stacy, Gwen, and Peter. Because you see them, these really quick shots, but you see them at Easter, at Christmas, at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So, like, they were this little unit, and I feel like in the first ten minutes of the movie, you believe that, like, Captain Stacy is so upset over the death of Peter because he viewed Peter like as a son, basically, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's all just done with these quick shots. Uh, so I thought that that was fantastic too. I never once was like, I get that they were friends, but why does this guy care about Peter Parker so much? Like, yeah. like I never once felt that I, I immediately yeah. bought that. I mean, like, you saw it when he rushes in after he's like dead. Yeah, uh, when he rushes in and you know he's he's very clearly very worried about uh, Peter in that moment, and you know I think that carries over later. You know when he's talking about like oh you know like you said like oh you know we might have a break in the break in the case or whatever, and yeah. obviously she's like well one I don't want you to talk about it because you know I'm Spider Woman, but also like in her in your head you think I killed him, but like. I obviously, you know, I didn't, but yeah, how can I make himself, you see basically. that I, you know, um, <coughs> I think that all just works very well. Again, I think what it was, it, again, and I don't know if the dialogue or the, the volume of the dialogue should be a factor in it for me, but it really just kind of took me out of it in the beginning. And no, maybe I, I would have been more, maybe I would have been more engaged had I been able to understand what was going on. 
Um, uh, what else? What you know? Do we want to talk about uh, Miguel? Right? Oscar oh Isaac? yeah, let's that, go that for it. Miguel O'Hara, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Oscar How about that? Isaac himself. That I mean, that is very. It's. Am I correct in saying it was, it's Prowler esque from the oh, first yeah. one? Okay. Because Prowler's just okay. more like. This yeah, is yeah, like. Like it's it's got that kind of like eerie like really interesting like screeching sound almost right uh but yeah i mean oscar isaac so so good in this um believable as a villain believable in his motivations but also i love that he is partially responsible for all this going to shit as well i mean he just it it also i think they did a great job with these because whether this is going to tie directly in the MCU or not, this idea of an incursion, that's what we're talking about here. When mm-hmm. when the black, you know, thing, when Hobie says, you know, when they're like, what is that? And Hobie goes, it's a metaphor for capitalism. Hilarious joke. But also, <laughs> yeah. where else have we seen that black goo overtaking mm-hmm. universes? Multiverse of Madness and what if? we That exact same black goo we've seen in both of those uh shows with doctor strange uh particularly i think this movie ties particularly strongly with the doctor strange episode of what if because Mm -hmm. that episode is about essentially you could call a canon event a what does the watcher call it in in uh an absolute point in time christine's Mm -hmm. uh or not Christine's death, but uh, either Christine's death or his hands. Or right? his hands, yeah. So basically that whole episode of What If is him trying to get around this canon event or absolute point in time, uh, which I'll be interested to know if maybe in a What If season two, if maybe the Watcher starts to use the terminology canon event mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of keep things a little copacetic. You know, I, I think yeah. that could very easily be done just to basically make it as easy as possible for audiences to understand all this stuff. But then you go to Multiverse of Madness and Reed Richards saying an incursion is when the boundaries between two worlds erode so much that it destroys either one or both of them in the process. And that's exactly what Spider-Man 2099 did by going into that universe and trying to take his other versions place uh, in a place that he never should have been. Uh, so he, just like kind of Doctor Strange that we saw in Multiverse of Madness of him being in those other universes for far too long and particularly him inhabiting the zombie version of himself, uh, you know, we know that that was about to cause cat- catastrophe. Um, so I, I thought that was really, really awesome. And the fact that Miguel is like, yes, I want Miles to stop doing this, but I want him to stop doing it because... I know what I almost caused. You know, I basically did cause the, you know, uh, what's the word? Like decimation of this one universe, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of taking that Kang, more so he who remains role of, I need to be the one to keep balance because I know what happens when balance mm-hmm. isn't kept. But I think a big question that we're going to have, uh, and I think to wrap up here, to, I want your thoughts on 2099 and everything, but to wrap up here, um i think that's a big question that we have going into this final part is is he right he thinks that if miles does all this stuff the universe and the multiverse is going to unravel 
But how do you know that's going to happen until right. you let Miles, you know, as he says, do his own thing? Uh, so what are your kind of thoughts on 2099 and, and kind of where we could go uh, with Beyond the Spider-Verse and Miles kind of forging his own his own kind of path? Um, yeah, I thought Oscar Isaac doing the voice, you know, his, I thought his voice, he was very, you know, very good switching between the whole kind of menacing. And I wouldn't say he's like necessarily kind of, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's necessarily nice in, in this movie, but when he's able to switch, like kind of talking about, uh, you know, his daughter and his family that he had, that he kind of took the place of, yeah. of the former Spider-Man that was there. Um, and how he switches between those two is really good. Um, but yeah, I'm very interested to see like you, like how this, you know, is that, is that at this point he has a proven track record of this needs to happen in every single one of them, because I just, I showed you that if it doesn't, then it gets messed up. Yeah. So, you know, how do you, I don't even know how you show that. You know, do you get in like some time machine and go to the few? You know, I don't, know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's what we're gonna find out in the next one. Um, but I will be very interested to see how they kind of weave that that web. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> how that, that works, Madam Web. Yeah, Madam Web. I, and this just got me thinking too. Like, you know, we have all these th- these things going on. Uh, you know, we're talking about the connection to the MCU, possibly, you know, we have Venom and all that other stuff like, you know, we see and I'm just thinking this because it's coming out, you know, this year and I see it on the stream you're showing me is, uh, you know, does this connect to Insomniac Spider-Man in some way? Do we get some of this, some of this story added into the game in some way, shape or form? Is it, you know, do they want to go that far with it where it's like, well, to you know, get a little bit more of a hint of where we're going. You're going to have to play the game or something, you know, yeah. um, which would be very interesting. Obviously that universe has a, has a miles as well. Um, you know, is that all connected in some way? Uh, which would be really, you know, that'd be really cool to see. Um, oh my God. I had something else I was going to say. I forgot. Uh, <clears throat> but no, yeah. I, again, Oscar. I, everybody's great in this movie, but Oscar Isaac as Miguel was awesome. Um, but one thing I did want to touch on: uh, what did you think of the 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 send home machine? Was that not fucking creepy? <laughs> that spider that like crawls out of the hole. <laughs> yeah, that was really that was really. I was something. like, this is very unsettling. I do not like this. <laughs> first of all, I think they did a really good job of the first time you see that machine in action that it yeah. is kind of. I think it's a, they're sending back a rhino, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, like, the rhino is kind of scared. Like, they're, right, it's like this yeah. kind of very inhumane thing. And, you know, it's kind of funny, creepy when it's the rhino. But then it's very unsettling when Miles goes in mm-hmm. it. And then it's even more the most unsettling when he puts Gwen in it. You know, because mm-hmm. Miles wanted to go. Gwen was literally forced into it, uh, Uh which I thought was really, really messed up, and I thought they did a great job to do that. A couple other people that we have not touched on, uh, Amanda Lestenberg as Spider-Bite. She was the AI uh, one. I thought Mm -hmm. she had some great little moments in there uh, helping out Miles, making that decision to uh, let Miles go back, Mm -hmm. uh, even though 
technically ended up going in the wrong place, but um, (laughs) to help him out a little bit there. uh, Another person I thought, Issa Rae as Jessica Drew, uh, was Mm -hmm. fantastic. Not too much. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, not not too much to do, but I do think they set her up as an interesting uh, Mm -hmm. launching pad for the next movie because she's a really good character that's set up of, yes, she's kind of 2099, or... I, I don't know why I keep calling her Miguel's right-hand woman, mm-hmm. but she has that moment where Gwen says right before she gets sent back, I thought we were supposed to be the good guys, and then they just cut mm-hmm. to Jessica's face and the emotions on that. And, you know, mm-hmm. she we know she's talked about she has a family, she has a husband. We obviously yeah. know she just recently gave birth, so she's got a, right. a little kid at home. Uh, right. Speaking of a little kid at home, Peter B. Parker I thought absolutely oh, fantastic yep. again in this movie. Jake Johnson, incredible again. I love Dad Peter Parker, and I love all that stuff. I really hope that they give him a shot to fully suit up and like really be the definitive Peter Parker of this trilogy in the mm-hmm. next movie. Um, not Again, if they don't, that's totally fine. I would just love an epic moment like that. Uh, where he fully suits up and is like, you know, no no more bathrobe, no more sweatpants, uh, you know, just full on a Spider-Man for him. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also really loved Mayday as a character, too, and, and particularly, like, when he, w- when he would make Miguel, some of Miguel's lighter moments, like, he would give Mayday to Miguel, and Miguel would just slowly try to hand her back to Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he just didn't want to hold her. Uh, or even stuff like, again, Oscar Isaac's so good, like, when... Uh, Peter B. Park, when he's like, no, you stay here. I've had exactly enough of you today. <laughs> like, I've mm. had the exact amount, of, the exact right amount of you today. Uh, and then another guy, too, I thought Ben Riley, Andy Sandberg, uh, yep. you know, really hamming it up as a mm. uh, as the the clone of Peter Parker there. Really, really feeling himself in his in his emo vibes. Uh, but again, I thought that he, you know, give him some more to do as as miguel's kind of right-hand man in the next movie but also i thought uh you know kind of a joke character but then at the end uh he did kind of have an important bit which is you know he was guarding miles's house and then gwen takes him out and takes his bracelet so where does that leave him uh she Mm -hmm. just kind of kicks him back through the portal but uh where did he go you know is he lost or is he gonna be back or what's gonna be going on uh so I thought even some of the supporting people, and then obviously right at the end, you get Gwen assembling that team where you have everybody from the first movie back. Uh, so you got John Mulaney as, as uh, Spider-Ham. You got Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Penny Parker, who also Penny Parker, she was in the movie a little bit before that where she, uh, I liked that, that it like when everybody was having that moment of everybody was like circling Miles being like, this mm-hmm. is the way it has to be. And then you kind of, hear penny's voice and miles turns and is like penny like even Mm -hmm. you're part of this like it was kind of eerie to have a familiar face part of this essentially cult really is what kind of the movie treats it like uh (laughs) and but then to see that you know she kind of breaks out of that and is team miles by the end of it as well uh Mm -hmm. but i really like that super tiny like literally one line moment with penny where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, in kind of this sea of everybody telling him this is the way it has to be, to hear that voice of this person who teamed up with Miles and taught Miles what it means to be a spider person, uh, to be a part of that, I thought was great. And then uh, any thoughts on uh, 
spectacular Spider-Man making a little cameo there. Little guy, dis- little Disney XD guy rocking up <laughs> in the joint. I did think that was funny. Um, I did like to see – actually, the one that is like hold it, like you said, is kind of doing the training where he's like holding the two things together. Yeah. That looks like a video game one, correct? Like one of the old games. He he was very polygonal. I don't remember what what he I looked thought. like, but I mean, it very well could have been. It could have been like the yeah. fractured dimensions game. I mean, there's some like, like the T Rex one. I got a, a, a good kick out oh, of. Oh no, the the horse and the cowboy. Yes, the horse. Yeah, with yeah. The, uh-huh. um, good, the bad, and the ugly. Where it was Miles, the the cowboy, and then the horse, and mm. he was like on three. Yeah. One and Miles just hits him in the face and he goes, "You didn't say three <laughs> That was that was so funny. Uh, and then uh, let's just end off here that moment that's in the trailers, but one of the most mm. epic moments of the movie, uh, the train confrontation, where Miguel is he is like really, mm. really going after Miles, uh, and then the whole you know I'm gonna do my own thing uh what were your kind of thoughts on on that whole situation and then also in that moment too that's when peter b parker goes you know you know miguel this isn't what we agreed on and then that kind of moment of betrayal where miles realizes that everybody else knew uh, about this and was kind of keeping it from him um yeah i mean it's obviously like a big part i feel like you know that was this movie's uh uh, jumping off the building with the glass kind of behind him moment, yeah. you know, with, that we got in the first one, yeah. um, which was really cool. And again, like, you know, in Miguel's eyes, you know, he is the good guy, you know, we, they are doing what he, he's doing what he thinks he needs to do uh, in order to keep everything, you know, the same and, uh, you know, running smoothly. And I thought that was a really, you know, great scene um, just of, you know, I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do. I'm not going to not going to do what everybody else has done up to this point. I'm going to go and do my own thing and, uh, you know, do what Spider-Man's supposed to do and is try to, you know, save people and all that stuff. Uh, I thought, you know, that was a really great moment. <laughs> and doesn't he like, he like jumps off and he like, just like, i forget like what the actual action is it's it's kind of the reverse of the what's up danger thing because he jumps so to keep perspective it's like the ground and it seems to be like a less of a train train is like a space elevator because it's going straight up uh and i think what it is is miles kind of stands like this and then does a leap off of it Mm -hmm. and then he dives back down but the the camera is flipped so it looks like he's shooting up but he's actually shooting down to get back to the facility because that's when he puts himself in the machine right in the machine yeah yeah uh but so again kind of really and a lot of people have said how come we can't get shots like this in live action uh which i think is going to change i mean you can't you can't have it's one thing to be like Oh, the first Spider Verse. It was so inventive of how it showed the web, sw- mm-hmm. the web swinging, and and how it showed Spider Man. Uh, but then it's kind of like, well, the movies John Watts kind of already established the vision. I think with this mm-hmm. new Spider Man trilogy, I think you have a a, a shot to really, because a lot of those Spider Man movies, I mean, they do they they do seem like big, 
you know, open things. But I think we saw a lot of hope at the end of No Way Home with that new mm-hmm. suit, him swinging through Rockefeller Center in the wintertime with the, with the Christmas tree and everything. I thought that final swing in No Way Home of, like, Peter is now on his own, living in this apartment. I think they really set themselves up for a big tonal shift for Tom's mm-hmm. movies. Uh, and I hope that they take full advantage of that uh, and try to bring over some of these incredible visuals. Even just the stuff of, like, when Gwen and Miles walk around that thing and then New York, like, flips. Oh, yeah. I think that would mm-hmm. be something that would be awesome to see uh, mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in I almost said No Way Home too but that's not what that is uh in spider-man 4 and and so on but uh yeah i mean absolutely incredible movie again for me on initial viewing i still would put the first one above it uh but i'm Same. definitely going to see this again we didn't, we didn't even talk about his parents <laughs> oh shit yeah uh <clears throat> fantastic i thought i love that this movie the first movie really focused on him and his father so I like mm. that this movie more this so focused on mom. him and his yep. mother. Uh, I love the when they're in the in the 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 office and they're listing his grades like oh A in physics A in this stuff and then he's like B plus in Spanish and she was like what what? Yeah, I really <laughs> I thought, thought really Brian funny. Tyree Henry as his dad really got a got a, more of a chance to <laughs> right. really shine on his stuff too because he was just like oh man I don't know what yeah. you're thinking like <laughs> I thought that that was really really funny but uh, yeah really like touching caring stuff to with with everything in this movie and i think parentage uh is a big theme in this i mean miguel Mm -hmm. almost destroyed an entire existence because he wanted to to have a family to be a parent uh jessica drew you know being pregnant and then Mm -hmm. giving birth peter with mayday of of you know miles you're the reason that i wanted to be a father which i think also Mm -hmm. could come up because if Miles is an anomaly who should never have existed, but Miles is the reason that Peter had a kid and got back with MJ, wouldn't that mean that Mayday is also an anomaly? Like, what's the butterfly effect of this? So Mm -hmm. I think you could also see maybe in the next movie uh, Peter use that and say, well, well, if Miles isn't supposed to be here, then then you're telling me that my daughter's not supposed to be here. I I think you could very easily see a scene like that that kind of – you know, because I don't think they're going to, like, kill Miguel or, like, put him no. in jail or something. It's yeah. going to be them convincing him, hey, this is not the way to do this. To do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be very, very interesting. But, yeah, I, I loved everything with, with his parents in this as well. But uh, so much to dive into because it really is yeah. such a such a big it's movie. It's a very pack. large but, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, guys, let us know what did you think of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Let us know that and more in the comments down below. Uh, What you thought of it, what some of your favorite cameos were, what some of your favorite story beats, story elements were. How did you feel about Gwen's whole kind of story arc in this movie? Do you think that that was a satisfying conclusion or do you think this movie kind of left left you uh, extra wanting for more? Let us know all that uh, down below. So, if you guys are just joining us for the Spider-Man review, thank you guys so much. Make sure you subscribe while you're down there. Thank you for joining us for the review.